This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Call 0345 6060 Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. Four minutes after 12. I'm glad I'm not alone. Uh, bombarded now, having directed you towards our homepage, lbc.co.uk, to see footage of Sir Nicholas Winton, whose family revealed yesterday had passed away peacefully at home. Um, I'm not going to spoil it for you. I want you to watch the clip. If you haven't got access to the website at the moment, I've, I've tweeted it. You can get it on your smartphone from, from my account, at Mr. James O'B or at LBC. Just watch that and, uh, and feel the power of emotion. It will be tears of laughter, however, that we serve up in the course of the next hour rather than tears of an altogether more profound nature because it's time for Mystery Hour, your weekly opportunity to get an answer to any question you want. As long as it's not boring or one answered before, anything goes. Um, that's it really, 0345 is the number you need to ring the studio. You'll only hear me say it when I have a phone line free, um, uh, which is, is odd this hour because we have to move things along very quickly for the first 10 minutes. Like, the phones go nuts. So actually you'll get through now if you're quick, but, but if, then you won't get through for 10 minutes because it will be chocker. But oddly, a lot of people that will be... Um, uh, blocking up the phone lines won't be getting on because they won't realise that their question is is repetitious or or indeed dull. Uh, dull, very much in the eye of the beholder. Management's decision is final. If it's about motoring or something like that, parking tickets, it definitely won't get on. But generally speaking, if it's a question to which you can realistically imagine lots and lots of other people being interested in the answer. You'll be fine. We'll be cool. We'll be away. Uh, if you hear somebody else ask a question to which you know the answer, 03456060973 is also the number that you need. It's like the newspaper columns that you are familiar with, the um, the who, why, what, where, when columns, the notes and queries, the send them in and get another reader to answer it. Um, it's the radio equivalent of that, but it's altogether more immediate and more urgent. Six minutes after twelve is the time. Shall we? Shall we crack on? I, I, I don't think you need any more notes. For, you don't need any more small print from me, do you? No. Cool. Gareth is in Croydon. Gareth, what's your question? Right. Uh, I, it's funny you were just talking about uh, Prince Charles and his property just mm. in the last hour. Um, so we know that the Queen has started paying tax. The monarchy has started paying tax within, within the Queen's lifetime. Yes. Um, we also know that the palaces all around the country are, are owned by the Crown, apart from Windsor Castle, which is privately owned. That's my understanding. Okay. It's also my understanding that Windsor Castle is the largest private residence on the planet. No, no, it's not. What, about, sure? what about that house Aaron Spelling built in, 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 in Hollywood? Well, okay, well then let's say, well, certainly certainly the, the, the largest one in the UK and one of the largest private residences in, in, on the planet. Yeah, all right. No, will <laughs> hasn't got a bowling alley though, like Aaron Spellings has. Well, yeah, it's probably well. Anyway, it, but I think it does have a cathedral. Christ. Anyway, oh, all right, that trumps a bowling alley, does it? <laughs> I would have thought. I would have thought so. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Um, uh, my question is: When the fateful day arrives, mm. will Prince Charles have to pay inheritance tax on that private residence on Windsor Castle specifically? On, yeah, because it's yeah, privately like held. It's not the rest of it is held by the Crown. Will he have to pay? Don't they own Sandringham as well? Isn't Sandringham? No, I, 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 my understanding. I mean, because I've, I've only heard it on the radio or on a podcast or something. That, okay. Um, that, that it's. What do you mean? You've only heard it on the radio or a podcast or something? As if that's not academically reliable. 
Well, you know, there are Stuart's inquiries. You, know, you, 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 cannot, you can't deny that. So, so I heard it on the radio, and there may subsequently have been a Stuart's inquiry, which I missed. So I'm not going definitive with my claim. But we believe that Windsor Castle is privately owned by the Queen, and, and indeed the only property privately owned by the Queen. So will Prince Charles have to pay an epic amount of inheritance tax on it? Correct. And you'd have and to I'm get... Not, you'd... I, I, I'm not going to switch it off, because I want to listen to the podcast. Because I listen to the podcast, so I'm going to switch off the radio. And get your answer late. Like get it while I'm running in the gym. It's going to be very exciting. <sighs> no, the pressure's on now. I don't know if I like the idea of you turning the radio. Can you leave the radio on, but turn the volume down so that we're there in no, spirit? I, I don't want to hear any of it. But I, 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 what do you think I'm here for? My own amusement? Well, no, because you're here for my amusement later on in the gym when I'm going for a run, and then I, I have 45 minutes of pure mystery at our pleasure. All right, fair yeah. enough. No, you've done it. You, you, you've sold it. All right. Uh, people who do only listen on podcasts, hello. You're not really coming across with the questions lately. You're supposed to be doing a hashtag mystery hour so that I can ask a podcaster's question every week and get it answered in a way that you'll only be able to hear when you download the podcast. But anyway. What, what sort of inheritance tax would Prince Charles have to pay in general? I'd be interested in knowing, but the question is specific to Windsor Castle. If you know the answer to that, you know what to do. Rob is also in Croydon. Rob, question or answer? Hello, James. Hello. Um, question. Yes. Um, why do we pace up and down while on the phone, which I'm doing right now? Are you actually pacing? I actually am. I've got out my car purely for this question. <laughs> I'm a terrible pacer when I'm when I'm not well, at work. I imagine you're pacing much up and down. No, it's, it's the well. weirdest thing. I don't feel like I'm on the phone when I'm at work. Well, I'm not. I'm on yeah. the radio. But so are you. Yeah. And you're still pacing. Yeah, I am. I talk. I talk more comfortable for some reason. My wife tells me off. My wife tells me off. I was on the phone. I was talking to somebody yesterday about businessy stuff, but I was in Waitrose. <laughs> And, and I was trying to be really quiet about it, and I, I had to go into Waitrose because it was quieter. Uh, and, and my wife was there by coincidence. I felt someone pinch my bum, Rob, between you and me. And, and obviously, that's a bit of an occupational hazard for me, but, but not for mm. not for a few years. And I turned around, and there's my wife. She goes, "Stop pacing up and down." And I said, "All right." So I went and sat in customer services and finished the phone conversation there. But at work, I never yeah. pace up. You concentrate better, do you, when you pace up and down? I, I- well, I do it when I'm on a long conversation, where yeah. I feel more comfortable and I speak more fluent normally. You do, and you're on the ball why. and you're thinking more quickly. I'll tell you what, tomorrow yeah. I might do the show in a headset and I'll march up and down the studio and see <laughs> if you can detect any difference in quality. Until yeah. then, I'll just ask the question for you. Why do we walk up okay. and down? Why do we pace up and down when we're on the phone, given that we wouldn't normally, if we were having a face-to-face conversation, it'd be a bit weird if one of us started pacing up and down. Would it? Or would it? I don't know. Debbie's in Watford. Question or answer, Debbie? It's a question. Carry on. Um, I want to know if stinging nettles can still sting you once they've been cut. Well, I can think of easier ways to find out than ringing me. <laughs> I don't want to risk it. Well, get someone I else to risk my... it. That's what husbands are for. <laughs> I was walking my dog the other day, and yeah. we're going along a path where there's lots of stinging nettles, and I always have to dodge them if I've got shorts on. Of course. But they've cut them down, and I'm just wondering if I touch them, will they still sting me? So... Do you, which bit are you worried about? The bit that's being cut off, will that still sting you? Yeah, the bit laying on the ground. It's sort of sticking up at me. I presume, I presume it's a chemical, the sting, isn't it? And the chemical will still be there. I don't know, though. I'm what are you What are you going to do if we get a definitive... Are you going to go and frolic in the nettles for the rest of the afternoon? <laughs> no, but I won't have to be quite as careful. <laughs> Got to make like a meadow. OK, can a stinging nettle still sting? It sounds like the beginning of one of my kids' tongue twisters, this. Can a stinging nettle sting when a sting, 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 when it's been cut? So if I chopped off a nettle and then plonked it on Jones the Engineer's nose, ooh, I've just thought of a way we can answer this if we don't get any callers. 
<laughs> Would it still sting? We'll find out for you, Debbie, I promise. It's 11 minutes after 12. You are listening to Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. Um, I'd also uh, tell you that the response to that clip I urged you to look at is um, just as I hoped and expected. It is single most impressive act of individual quiet magnificence that I've ever come across in my life. Sir Nicholas Winton died this week at the age of 106. But go to lbc.co.uk or just check the clip that I've tweeted from at Mr James OB to see why every single time, every single time, and it goes back to... I think the, the the late 90s, 1998, and I must have watched this clip a hundred times, and every single time I watch it, I cry. Um, and so will you. David is in Southgate. Back to mystery. Our question or answer, David? Hello, James. It's a question. Go on, then. How are you doing? You all right? I think so, yeah. You? Good. Good. Yeah. I've watched that clip. It's amazing, isn't it? Oh, mate. Absolutely. Tears your heart out. It, Bounces it, it around it, the room. It, yeah, it brought tears to my eye. Good. Now, listen, my question is... Yes. Um, um, why does bright light help you sneeze? It's, is this an old wives' tale? Because don't some people no, think if you look at a no, light, no, it no, no, no. oh, sorry, it's true. It, it works. It works. It really does. So you feel a sneeze coming on, but you're not sure you're going to actually go full Monty on it. So you, that yeah, is nothing worse, is there, than losing a sneeze halfway halfway up your pipe? So that is a horrible feeling. That discombobulates yeah. you for the whole day. So you look at a bright light or even the sun, and it brings the sneeze on. It does, because I, I did it with my son, who's five. Yes. And he wanted to know as well. And I, I just didn't know why. And it works. Didn't we hear from someone once, though, who told us that it had the opposite effect? And if you don't want to sneeze, you should look at a bright light, and it stops you sneezing. Well, it, well, it works the other way with me. Yeah, and, with, and with Jones, the engineer, as well. And, and, and with, so why, why does a bright light act as a catalyst for sneezing? That's right, yeah. You're on. I like that. And we'll find out for your boy as well. It's 13 minutes after 12. So, what, what, the Queen, what sort of inheritance tax will Prince Charles have to pay um, on the sad day when Her Majesty the Queen passes away? Why do we walk up and down when we're on the phone? Does a stinging nettle still sting when it's been cut? And why does a bright light make us sneeze? I like these. These are lovely questions. Let's uh, start getting some answers. I've got a couple of phone lines free now. Oh, thrill. There it goes. John's in Welling Garden City. Question or answer, John? Uh, for the first time, it is an answer, I believe. I've done a couple of questions before. Carry on. Um, sneezing makes me... Um, light makes me sneeze, by the way. All right. Um, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, when I had my first, my kid... I've got a five-year-old and a, and a three-year-old boy. Yeah. And when they were born, I decided to get our will and stuff in, in place and uh, to make sure they were okay should anything happen to us. Of course. And a guy that did our will for us said that there's about £5 billion a year in inheritance tax each year is, um, is, is given to the government, and 80% of that is given by the estates of average earners. Yes. And he, and he said this is because getting your estate in place, getting your estate managed for rich people, um, it's, you know, a few grand here and there is not so much money in comparison to, to the average earners where... Um, you know, a few thousand pounds is a lot of money, so they tend not to get their estate put in place. They get basic wills in place, but not their estate managed. So what rich people do, they have properties and estates put in trust, they put them into companies, so that the family... No, 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 you can't, I mean, this is just speculation. This isn't what Prince Charles... Yeah, 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 I don't know this is what uh, the the royal family done, but this is what this guy said that... He's going to break it Generally speaking, wealthy people... He's going to get a round of applause. Not in a million years. Oh, come on. Don't be ridiculous. You just rung up to tell me about trusts. Lot of, lots of rich no, no, people no, don't pay their what? fair share of, of, of tax and inheritance no, no, no. tax because they put it all in trust. 
But you can put things in trust. Yeah, you can, but we don't know that Prince Charles, we don't know that Windsor Castle is in trust. We don't know that for definite, but that's what I would suspect will be the case. Yeah, and when did you last hear someone get a round of applause for suspecting something? Oh, come on. Answer the question. When did you last hear someone get a round of applause for suspecting something? Uh, yeah, fair fair enough. So when was it? When was it? It wasn't. Your Thank mind. you, John. It's twelve. It's it's, it's twelve sixteen. <laughs> it's stick to the questions, mate. In future, <laughs> sixteen minutes after twelve. It's twenty minutes after twelve. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Um, I, I mention it again because the response has been astonishing. I thought everyone had seen the clip of Sir Nicholas Winton um, on television in 1998, the man who saved 669 children from the gas chambers and found them homes in Britain and brought them to a country described by one of the women he rescued as the only country in the world that would let us in, that would put its arms around us. That's what Great Britain used to look like, guys. That's what that's what this country used to be about. Love, welcome, warmth. Now, hmm, go and have a look at it, lbc.co.uk. It will shake you to your core. Ah, uh, mystery hour is underway. We haven't got any answers yet. Will the Queen have to pay... Will Prince Charles have to pay inheritance tax? Uh, why do we walk up and down when we're on the phone? Can a stinging nettle sting you once it's been chopped down? And why does looking at a bright light make you sneeze? Poppy's in Reading. Poppy, what would you like to say? question <laughs> bring it on i never have an answer but i do Me have neither. a question yeah excellent <clears throat> okay oh good morning by the way good afternoon okay so oh yeah yeah afternoon so so um pre pre-1940 roughly yeah nobody ever smiles in photographs taken they're all really serious yes after 1940 Everybody smiles like all because I work with elderly and I, I, I look at a lot of pictures, oh, photographs, yes. and so they're never smiling like before that time, never, no smiles ever. Like, oh, I, I mean, there are ex. I mean, I'm going to let let it pass as true. I mean, I'm sure if we searched for long enough, we could find a picture of someone smiling prior to 1935. But I mean, a lot of the pictures will be studio based, won't they? I don't know whether that makes a difference, does it? Well, it was a sort of... It was a serious business having a photograph taken, is what I'm suggesting. Whereas now, I mean, we could take a thousand before we finish this conversation, couldn't we, between us? We could, but even... Oh, yeah. That's not the answer. I'm just thinking out loud, because I've got thinking of pictures of... I, I can always remember a lovely picture of my mum and her dad on the on the promenade in Blackpool, and I think my mum was smiling, but, but my granddad wasn't, and... Uh, that would be 1950s, probably. So his generation never would have smiled in a photograph, because I don't know... Well, why am I even talking, Poppy? I haven't got a clue what the answer to your question is. Well, neither do I. That's why I rang in. I know. Well, what are we going to ask, then? When did people start smiling in photographs? I think you do have a clue, but you're just being polite. I'm not. I'm never polite. You've been listening to this programme long enough. Well, sometimes I'm a polite to you, I suppose, but you're the only one. Exactly. <laughs> let's try. Let's try and find out for you. It's a very, I mean, smiling in photographs. Why didn't they do it? I don't know if we can put an exact date on when they started doing it. Poppy's gone for the forties. Um, seems about right. Wasn't a lot to smile about in the first half of that decade, of course. Twenty-three minutes after twelve. Although thinking of the first half of that decade, with Sir Nicholas Winton so fresh in our minds, the late Sir Nicholas Winton. Do you know that the Czechs repeatedly nominated him for the Nobel Peace Prize? He was knighted in 2003 for services to humanity, but he never got the Nobel Peace Prize. And Barack Obama did. Dominic's in Camberwell. Dominic, question or answer? Uh, 
That's another question, I'm afraid, James. No, we like questions, don't worry, go on. <laughs> uh, okay, um, on hot days, yesterday, yes. today, and what have you, on the tube, on the bus, people fanning themselves with papers, envelopes, and what have you. I'm wondering, do you derive any benefit from that, or do, do the actual, the action of using your muscles to flap, is that going to heat yourself up even more no. than you're going to gain by the, uh, the waft of air over your, over your face? No, the word, it's beneficial. You sure? Well, I mean, it, it's obviously beneficial, otherwise no one would ever do it. Well, but, but uh, well, people are spit on this. I, half the bus was, half the bus wasn't. Just, uh, well, I, you spoke to the whole bus about it. No, you can see people wafting away with envelopes. and. and you have to have the right thing. I mean, it depends how hard. I'd, I'd be amazed. I mean, the, the exertion there is minimal. Minimal. Yeah, but surely, well, what do you gain by, you're only wafting a small fraction. But no, you're not, you're covering your whole face, you're getting a lovely, lovely bit of breeze on your face, it's glorious. No, I'm doing it now, and I'm, I'm telling you now, I'm cooler than I was before I started doing it. Well, I don't want to have a conversation about how cool you are, James, but that's a, that's a rather old way I need to go. I, 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 uh, I, I'm creating wind chill, you see, not, not just, not just a, a cooling breeze. If I were to lick my own face and then fan it, I'd be even cooler. Now, if you put that up online, I will... I will oh, me licking my own face. <laughs> you filthy man. It's 25 minutes after 12. Are we get, what am I going to do? Do I get... I mean, obviously I get... I can't have a round of applause. We might need some scientific input on that one then. I don't know. Um, licking your wrists is, is, is another good thing to do, actually. Uh, it's true, I checked this yesterday, and that is because of wind chill factor. So if if you're very hot and, and then you lick your wrist and it evaporates, it cools down your wrist, and the wrist is a good point at which all the blood through in your body passes at some point. So you cool down a lot of blood and it cools down your whole body. So I told my nine-year-old yesterday that licking her wrist was a good way to cool down because we were all so hot. Um, and I came back into the room about five minutes later, and she thought I meant lick your wrist like it's a lollipop. So she'd been sitting there for five minutes licking her wrist. <laughs> Dad, this isn't working. I'm just getting sticky wrists. Bless her. Carla's in Cheshire. Question or answer, Carla? I've got an answer. Hang on a minute, Carla. No, Carla, 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 Carla. Carla, stay there, will you, a minute? I just want to, I just want to clarify. Can, can we stop putting Cheshire on the board? Cheshire's a flipping great big county. It's, it's home of Macclesfield and Stockport and Hale and all sorts of areas. It's a bit like putting London on the board. We start being a bit more. Whereabouts in Cheshire are you, Carla? I live in a little village called Hartford, but I've only just moved here from Guildford. Right there, so you go. So, like... so what's the nearest town? Uh, Northwich. There sorry. we go. So, we're, we're, for the purposes of art, can we be Carla from Northwich for, for in future, please? Oh, okay. Okay. Why don't you want to be Carla from Northwich? No, it sounds lovely. Yes. Well, what, what was it? All... Much more rural and pretty. Well, all right. You can be Carla from Hartford <laughs> then. Do you want to be Carla from Hartford? Carla for Hartford's lovely. All right, can we, can, we, can we make that happen, please? Thank you. Well. Now, where were we? What's your answer? The lady with the singing nettles. Yes. She's got to be careful. She will still get stung when they're cut. Ah. And I only know this because I've taken part in the World Singing Nettling Team Championship twice. How did you get on? Um, I came third the first time and I came second the second time. When's the next one? Um, well, I'm not sure because they don't advertise it at the moment. They used to do it every year, but I think they may have stopped. Where, where did you do it? It's down in Dorset. It's in a little pub. Um, there's people <laughs> all over the world that come there. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sound as magical. It's in a little it's pub, and you, you believed this, did you? Oh, yeah, we're having... We got one in tonight. We got we got one in tonight, Bert. Got one of those one of those grackles from, from... Where were you before? Guildford. We're going to yeah. tell her it's the World Nettle Eating Championship to see how much nettles we can get her to eat. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, of course you're going to have another nettle. Have, a, have another nettle, love. Have another nettle. There you go. How many did you eat to come second in the world stinging nettle? 37 foot worth of nettles. 37 feet of nettles? Yep. 
Wow. And, and does it hurt? It does hurt. It's absolute agony, and especially if you get them late on in the season. So it's like eating glass, then? I mean, it's, it's like a sharp pain in your mouth, albeit that it's not cutting you. No, it just stings your mouth, it stings your lips, it stings your hands, and then it dyes your tongue black for about a week. Because of the, the iron levels make it turn black. It's very strong on iron, actually. Why, 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 why did you do this? Oh, well, I had a friend who just got a number one single. Who? Um, who was it? Girl band, um, Amel Brabber. She was part of the Sugar Babe. Yes. So you were with it. Right, I'm loving this story. Hang on. Let's everyone sit down. Michael, Jones. All right, all right. Come on, pour, <laughs> cup of tea. And I'm not the most athletic person, although I've just ridden 127 miles at the weekend for charity. Well done. On a bicycle. So hang on, back to the Sugar Babes. Yeah. So she just got a number one single. Yes. And I thought, well, I'm never going to get a gold medal. I, I can't sing. I can give you a little rendition, but I really no, don't. No, don't do that. Um, and I, I thought, I've got to be number one at something in the world. So because your friend was a sugar babe and got a number one single, you decided to enter the World Stinging Nettle Eating Championships. Yeah. Yeah, we've all been there. Well, of course. But you didn't win. I didn't, but I will do one day. I will go back. <laughs> I wish you well. Uh, I think that's earned you a round of applause, though. I bet your mate in the sugar yeah. bags never got one of those, did she? Probably not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 29 minutes after 12, you are listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Mystery Hour continues. We've done the nettles. We haven't done the why bright lights make you sneeze, why you walk up and down often when you're on the phone, whether or not Prince Charles will be liable for inheritance tax on Windsor Castle, and why people um, uh, didn't smile in photographs. I'm just going to call it, there you go, Poppy's not here anymore, we just call it the olden days. Why didn't people smile in photographs in the olden days? 0345 6060 973 is the number that you need. The time is approaching half past 12. You can have a crack at the fanning question as well if you want, but I think it's pretty obvious that fanning yourself cools you down more than it heats you up most of the time. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. 33 minutes after 12 is the time. Mystery Hour is underway. Um, inheritance tax? Will Prince Charles be liable for any? And no one's got a crack at that yet, which is slightly worrying. I think we might have to look into it. Um, walking up and down when you're on the phone? Proper answer, like a psychological explanation. Similarly, looking at bright lights makes you sneeze if you've got a sneeze coming up your pipes and you're very keen to get it out because there's nothing more discombobulating than just feeling it on the tip of your... Uh, nose or tongue or wherever a sneeze might reside before actually being sneezed. Um, how, do you, how, how do you explain that? And, uh, and, and why did people not smile in photographs in the olden days? David is in East Molesy. David, question or answer? Question, please, James. Carry on, sir. Uh, last month you tweeted pinch punch first of the month. Mm. And I wondered where on earth it came from. Um, it, it, you don't see it very often. But pinch and a punch you... on the first of the month. And no returns. White rabbits. Something like that, yes. Yeah, I like that. So, so, so why, Though rabbits on your programme is probably a bit controversial, isn't it? <laughs> Going back a few months. What, what, oh, yeah, the DJ, the, the Danish yes. radio. You know, people say things sometimes, and it, it makes me wonder whether actually you occasionally pay more attention to what's happening on this programme than I do, David. Oh, I think that's flattery, James, flattery. <laughs> um, I like the question. I, I, these sort of children's rhymes, if you mean the, the bring a ring of roses, goes back to the plague. Where does this one come from? Pinching a punch on the first of the month. Uh, oh, three, if Wayne in Basildon is listening, he'll, have, he'll know this, because he, he bought Brewer's Dictionary of Phrase and Fable in order to get himself qualified to answer more questions on Mystery Hour. Uh, one of my favourite books. Luke is in Kingston. Luke, question or answer? It's a question. Go on. My girlfriend is horribly allergic to domestic house cats yes will she be allergic to lions tigers 
Why are you thinking of getting one of those instead? Um, might be a nice Christmas present. Yeah, <laughs> she's really allergic to cats. So I bought her a tiger. So w- <laughs> domestic. Is, I bet she's not allergic to all domestic house ca- domestic cats. Is she? I've not met every domestic. Does she? Cat, she, so but sure. is she worse with tabbies or with long hairs or something like that. We tried to avoid them, so I bet. Well, my wife's the same. My wife is the same, Lou. That's why I asked because uh, tabbies bring my wife out much worse than than a short-haired black cat, for example. And I wonder if that's the answer to your question. That actually, no, not all cats produce the same allergens or whatever it may be. But we need to find out. What was the other thing someone asked about? Was it the the lion's purr? Was that what it was? Didn't we do something else to do with, like, is that big cat the same as a small cat? So if you're allergic to little cats, little domestic cats, will you be allergic to big wild cats as well? Yeah. Just out of interest, what will you do with this knowledge? Um, well, if she's not allergic to tigers, maybe she can go and cuddle a tiger. It's 12.36. Yeah, because the allergy would be the real risk there, Luke. Dave's in Orpington. Dave, question or answer? Well, it's an answer, hopefully. Go on. Oh, mate, let's start again and be a bit uh, more... Yeah, no, 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 no. definitely an answer. Yeah, that's better. Camera, okay. Why yeah. didn't people smile? Yeah, go on then. Right, in the olden days, the cameras weren't so advanced. And the shutter speed was much slower. Yes. So you go to the studio. Beautiful. You set it up on the tripod. Yes. And you had to keep perfectly still. Yes. Um, and if you smiled, I mean, could you keep a smile for so long it started to droop and it would look pretty weird? Yeah, exactly. You'd, well, we'd all look like Sherry Blair. Oh, no. If you tried to hold a smile for, like, 40 seconds... Yeah. We, wouldn't we? Mm. We'd all look like that. And, yeah. and of course, that's a habit, and even when the shutter speed got a little bit quicker and when people got personal cameras and didn't mm. have to go to studios anymore, the habit persisted until, finally, somebody invented cheese. Cheese. <laughs> Isn't it? What's your favourite cheese? What's my favourite cheese? Yeah. Do you know, it's a tough question, that, mate. It often depends. What, I mean, in this sort of weather, you can't be doing with a cheddar, but a good cheddar takes some beating during during cooler climbs. At the moment, I, I went for a whiff of bath soft cheese last night. Have you have you come across that yet? No, I'm sure more of a camembert. I, I, it's not dissimilar to a camembert, but it's from it's from Bar. It's from it's from the West Country, so it's 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 a okay. bit, it's like a British sort of soft camembert. It's organic cow's okay. milk. It's nice. But, I mean, I like a cave-aged Comte. I like a Gruyere. I know. In fact, you know what, Dave? Between you and me, I've never met a cheese I didn't like. No, I love cheese. We're going to France soon, so we're going to try a few more. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. That's the can get we can't get through because of the ferries. We did, uh, we did a show once in the olden days when uh, yep. we, we dedicated a whole hour of the programme to the question of whether or not there's any food on the planet that can't be improved by the addition of cheese. Was there any? Well, ch- Chinese food. Yeah, true. What about curry? Well, you've got paneer, you see. Paneer is cheese. Right. Isn't you're, it? You're a real connoisseur, aren't you? Oh, you're, yeah. When, you it com- when it comes to cheeses, mate, I'm cheeses of Nazareth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks very much. <laughs> Who was that for, me or Dave? A bit of both. Dave, have a cracking trip. Keep me up to date with any developments on the cheeses front. Professor Hal is here. I hope, Professor Hal, from the uh, University of Science, where you rejoice in the title, Professor of the Public Understanding of Science, I hope you're going to do the fanning question, because that's the one that seems to me to need the scientific input. The University of Science. University of Brighton. What? Oh, all right. Um, Do you know, okay, okay, how many words a week do you reckon I speak unscripted? I don't know, 25. 
25,000. On air, 15 hours a week, without a single script in front. I'm not like all the others. I haven't got all my questions written down in advance or guests lined up to make it easy, you know. And then I speak one word wrong, and everyone thinks it's flipping hilarious. University of Brighton, the public understanding of science. Right, what have you got? The dean's now giving me a big sigh of relief. Good. Fan. Yes, fanning. Um, very, very interesting. Um, it's all to do with sweat. Um, sweat is actually there for thermoregulation. It cools you down. Yes. But it doesn't cool you down in the same way as sort of using a hosepipe of cold water because, of course, the sweat is at the same temperature as your body. Yeah. So it doesn't draw any heat from it. The way sweat works is it evaporates. And when a liquid evaporates, uh-huh. it actually draws heat from whatever is evaporating off. It's called the latent heat of vaporization. Of course it is. So when you sweat, um, your sweat evaporates, and in so doing, it carries away heat. Now, the fanning bit comes in because when you fan, you blow away what's called diffusion shells. This is layers of saturated air above your skin, and every time you blow away that saturated air, more sweat evaporates to fill the gap. Wow. And therefore, fanning does work. Same reason you have, um, you know, you fan a radiator on your car. Um, you're just moving... Um, a, a medium over another medium, but it's also to do with latent heat and vaporization. So it Mo- does work. M- moving warm air, replacing it with cool air, effectively. Yes. Yeah, so the sort of the, the fan in the office on a very hot day does serve a purpose. Um, so, the, the, I mean, the specifics of the question were: Will you not, by dint of the muscular exertion, be warming yourself up more than you're cooling yourself down? Well, you answered it perfectly by saying, "If if that was the case, you wouldn't do it." Exactly. So, Ra- round of applause to share. Then I think this one. Isn't it? That was, you, you all right sharing that? Yeah, it is. It's always, always a pleasure. What's your favourite cheese? Um, smoked Bavarian. Interesting. 12.41 is the time. Professor, how many thanks? Claire is in Upminster. Question or answer, Claire? Here's a question, James. Yes. Why do we call an afternoon show a matinee when matin is the French for morning? It's a good question. But I think you're looking through the wrong end of the telescope. Right. I presume it just means daytime show. So it, it's transmuted over the years from morning to afternoon, perhaps. But, but, but the matinee is to distinguish from the evening, isn't it? Not to distinguish yes, from any yeah. uh, an, anywhere else. But normally, I mean, very, very few shows are in the morning. Haven't we got a... Can't we find a word for an afternoon show? Après midi. Après <laughs> midi. A praisey mm, yeah, doesn't, doesn't go see, so well. That might be the answer to the question. The matinee, the daytime show, and then the soiree, the evening show. Yeah. No? Mm, I'm not convinced. No? No. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it up there. What's your favourite cheese? My favourite cheese? I like a, a brie. I'm a brie person, definitely. Do you know the etiquette of the nose on a brie? No. Do you, when you, so when you've got a brie and it's just started softening... Mm-hmm. And it's all good to go, but you know it's going to be nicer at the in the in the middle of the wheel or at the nose of the triangle, right? Yeah, quite. What 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 do you do now? Just tell me honestly, Claire. What do you do now with that with that triangular brie in front of you and the knowledge that the nose of the brie, the peak of the triangle, will be the most delicious bit of it? What do you do? I'll make sure I eat the, the nose. Yeah, I see. No, I like you. You see, I, I did that at a country house once, and and it was as if I tried to sleep with a housemaid. It was a, such a faux pas. <laughs> they looked at me askance. It was almost as bad as the time I mispronounced anchovy at public school. What? How can you mispronounce anchovy? Anchovy. Oh right. Oh. Yeah. 
Oh, look, I, I offer these nuggets to people, Claire, so that they don't suffer the same sort of social embarrassment that I have suffered in well, the past. Well, I'll make sure if I go to a country house and if I have brie, I will not eat the nose. Do not nobble the nose of the brie, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> and think of me. It's 12.43. Thank you. Why, why matinee? Uh, Frank's in Liverpool. Question or answer, Frank? I've got an answer, James. Great stuff, Frank. Bring it on. Um, why do people pace when they're on the phone? Yeah, why? Okay, let me take you back to a time when you were newly born. All right. All infants were just a mass of vulnerability. Yes. We're totally at the mercy of the universe. We are. Sometimes things are, things are lovely and warm and cosy. That's when, you know, mum's got us and we're safe and secure. Mm. At other times, we're just there in the dark and everything's scary and bad. We've, the thing is, we've got nothing we can do to help ourselves. The first thing that we can do which has any kind of control over um, problem solving is movement of our limbs, which happens at about the age of 10 months. Okay. Um, begins to happen. Up until about 10 months, we're just arms and legs are going akimbo. We haven't got a clue why or what. Yeah. At about 10 months, we start to suss on. Hang on, when I do that, this happens, you know, an arm goes in the air or a leg. Mot- motor skills. We, 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 yeah. Mo- yeah, got you. Like yes, it. Thank you. Yeah. So that is embedded. That's hardwired into us that um, problem solving is um, identified, is, is um, associated, rather, with movement. So Shut the people, front door. So when people are in meetings, they want to get up and, and pace around. When we've got something on our mind, we say, I'm going for a walk. And we go for, going for a walk isn't going to solve whatever's not on our mind. But we feel, we feel better. You're we right. We feel we've got some control You're right. over the air. You're right. And because I, do you know what? Earlier, when I was saying I, I don't walk up and down at work, I was trying to think where... We, and, and also I said you don't walk up and down when you're having a conversation with someone face-to-face. I was trying to think of circumstances in which you do. And if you're trying to write something with someone else, one of you sits at the typewriter or the computer... Mm-hmm. And often the other person will be walking up and down because you're trying to think, you're trying to solve problems. The problem that you have now, Frank, yeah. is, is explaining how you know this. What are your qualifications for this? Well, can I first just say, I thought you was going to ask, but why don't we do it on face-to-face? Because you asked another caller that, I think, um, when we're talking face-to-face. We well, because eye contact is so important. Well, yeah, yeah, there's, there's other conventions that aren't there when you're on the phone. Yes, exactly. Um, like... You know, you don't tend to speak to people in your wife front when you're face to face. Do you know the nicest compliment anyone ever paid me? Yeah. So, no, re- re- referring back to, to, to uh, an interview I did on the wireless a year ago or so, and someone said the best thing about it is that James conducts the whole thing as if he's sitting on his sofa in his pants. Yeah, yeah, I, I can understand that, and I mean that as a, as a big compliment. It was the best compliment I've ever been paid, I think, my all-time favourite compliment. But I still don't know what your qualifications are to have gone definitive on this one. Well, the qualifications is really based on a couple of books I read about 25 years ago. Fair enough. And I'm pre- I can't remember the authors. Sounds, um, it could have been Desmond Morris, could it, or someone like that? It, it, it wasn't, but you're on the right, right line. So, so, so some sort of po- popular anthropologist. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're bang on. But they, they, weren't, they were writing about a thing called transaction ana- transactional analysis. Oh, yeah. Which is, well, you, you, you probably know about it, and so no. especially your line of work. It's all about communication and... Um, uh, what well, the, like the investment that you have in, a, in an exchange of uh, or, or communication and trying to get the other person to take up what you're offering? Bang on, you bang on. And I think the I think the book 
the big book that made the, the, the breakthrough in that was called I'm Okay, You're Okay. Okay. It, it sounds terrible. It's one of, like, one of those American self-help books. But well, it's actually quite a good book. But some of them are. I mean, that, that's the th- point, isn't it? When, it? when it transmuted from anthropology to sort of weird wellness and things, that's where the problem started. But some of those earlier books are far from hokum. Uh, I'm going to give you a round of applause, Frank. Thanks a lot. You're very welcome. 12.47. Twelve fifty-two. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. We we we're a bit light on answers, aren't we? We've got to do the. Um, why does looking at a bright light make you sneeze? Done the fanning. What's the origin of pinch and punch? Wayne in Basildon knows. He's just texted me, um, but he's on a job at the moment with his headphones in. It's also his birthday. Happy birthday. Um, so he won't be answering it, even though he did get the answer, as I suggested, out of Brewer's Dictionary of Phrase and Fable. You're not allowed to look stuff up, but Wayne bought Brewer's Dictionary of Phrase and Fable and read it cover to cover about five years ago so that he'd be qualified to comment on Mystery Hour. Um, uh, if you're allergic to domestic cats, will you be allergic to wild, big wild cats? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. And we're going to have to look into this. What what sort of inheritance tax will Prince Charles be liable for? Most obviously on Windsor Castle. 12.53 is the time. Carly is in Gillingham. Carly, question or answer? I have an answer, James. Bring it on. Um, it's regarding the when you look at the light, it makes yeah. you sneeze. It's, it's only some people that happens to. It's not all. Ah. And in some people, there's a, a crossover of two neuron pathways. Um, you know, uh, if something gets up your nose and it makes you sneeze? Yes. For some people, that pathway is crossed over in the brain, the neuron pathway, as when you look in a bright light, and that makes some people sneeze, and it makes me sneeze as well. Oh. In fact, I like sneezing, so I do it on purpose. Everyone likes sneezing. <laughs> yeah. Um, qualifications? Um, I saw it in a scientific journal a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you read a lot of scientific journals, do you, Carly? I do, yeah? I really do. Really? Yeah, I love yeah? it. Yeah, yeah. yeah what? So Scientific American, everything. Right. I, I love it. No, I, fair I enough. Degree, so. Yeah, you got me. I, I was just being, I was just being sort of uh, patronising and rude then, really, by presuming you don't. Re- why wouldn't you read scientific journals? Yeah, exactly. Just, yeah. I'm. Uh, <laughs> no, it was a brilliant round of applause. That take it. To, in fact, I'm going to give you two. One by way of reward. One by way of apology. No. Yeah. Wait. Just my year. Hang on. There it goes again. Look at that. Double barrel. Have a great day. Are you the Carly and Gillingham that texts me a lot? Yes, I am. Keep yeah. them coming. I, I even, even I don't read them out, Carly. I do all read them in, and it, it's always a pleasure. Uh, Jay is in Poplar. Jay, question or answer? Uh, hello, James. Question. Come on, Jay. Yeah, what it is? Uh, this question has been bugging for a while, but um, how did passports originate? Basically, from which country introduced it first, and when it was introduced, other countries when they introduced, when did crossover happen that you can't come to our country without a visa? And, you know, so when did it start all the passport issue? I like that. It was short time. I wish we'd got you on earlier, actually. Um, yeah. So, but not really. It might be more questions than one. When did it start and who was the first country to produce passports? And when, you know... No, I, 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 yeah, no, I know. I know. I just, I mean, when it started, it'll probably provide the answers, to all the other answers to the questions as well by, yeah. by, by association. But I just wish... If we don't get an answer to that, will you ring in again earlier next week? With the same question? Yeah. Okay. Tell Michael I gave you a free pass, all right? Michael, yes. Yeah, so, so ask to speak to Michael and then say, I've got a free pass. James said he wanted this question again next week. Okay, that's cool. All right. all right, carry on. No one else can do that. Oh, no one else heard that, did they? No? I wouldn't want to be you next week, mate. Uh, John's in Guildford. John, question or answer? Answer. Carry on. The Queen and tax. Yes. 
the, the Queen doesn't pay tax because constitutionally tax is paid to the Queen, so she'd be paying it to herself. Ah. Uh, voluntarily, she pays to the Treasury or the Exchequer, whoever, an, an amount equivalent to the income tax she would pay if she were liable for income tax. Uh, oh, that's very good. Yes. But she doesn't pay if she's not liable for corporate, uh, for not cor- uh, whatever, inheritance tax. So she's not, she's not likely... She voluntarily pays it. This is, and then, in, then tax would be the, the wrong word, technically speaking. But, but, so, so because tax, she's so... Be- tax on the Queen is long, wrong because she pays it to herself. Yes, exactly. I'd never thought of it that way around. So really, the logic of this takes us inexorably to the... Because she already owns everything, she doesn't have to pay inheritance tax. Well, I don't know about owning everything. That changed... Uh, uh, yeah, but you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Cut me some but, slack, John. But, but um, she doesn't pay tax, so she wouldn't pay corporate uh, inheritance tax, but she voluntarily makes a, a contribution to the Treasury of the ta- income tax she would pay on her income. And there is no voluntary contribution of inheritance tax that they would pay on their inheritance? Not as far as well, I know. Loving well should be, shouldn't they? Maybe they should, but um, whether there is or not, uh, your, your experts would know. But, but that is... My experts? Okay, and that's also why when I was talking earlier and I couldn't quite pin down what I was trying to say about when when people say if if you want higher tax rates for the wealthy, why don't you pay more tax yourself voluntarily? It wouldn't be tax if you did that. It would just be a donation to the treasury. Uh, I suppose that's right. Yeah, it's not tax. Tax has to be legally enforced, so the Queen doesn't pay it. It's a voluntary arrangement. Ergo, it's not tax. John, I'm going to give you a round of applause. Thank you. No, thank you. Tell you what, I'd really do for the Queen. She had to pay the bedroom tax. Ashley's in Tadworth. Ashley, question or answer? Uh, James, it's uh, hopefully an answer. Car- no, 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 she wouldn't have a reaction to, and it turns out it wouldn't be any of them, even the sphinx cats that don't have any fur. Yeah, you wouldn't want one of them anyway, though. They're horrible. No, no, they're, they're, they're like horrible. Yeah. I know, yeah, they're horrible. Um, yeah, so it turns out, when they obviously clean themselves with their, their tongue and their saliva, that's where the reaction comes from. So so you'd be allergic to leopards and lions and tigers as well? Yeah, I suppose, yeah, because they, they do the same thing, they've got the same Grooming, habits. all um, of that. And Round of applause yeah, for so Ashley, please. Quick, I want to squeeze in one more, if I can. Tony's in Kingston. Question or answer, Tony? An answer, James. Uh, this came up on television last week Go on. in Donald Sendon's series about Great London Theatres, oh, about yes. matinees. Yes. And the explanation given there, so don't blame me if it's wrong, Carry on. Uh, is that until some, sometime in the late 19th century, the word afternoon was not used in common parlance. So a matinee performance indicated anything from the morning and before the evening. Bada bing, bada boom. Round of applause for Tony. That's it from me for another day. We'll do it all again tomorrow morning from 10. I'm James O'Brien. This is LBC. Here is Sheila Fogarty.